0: Welcome back everyone, it's your host Liz and this is my podcast where I talk about authorship, books and all the different parts of the creative process. Today on the E-Reads Podcast, I am excited. I have Stephanie Feger here to break down book marketing. Yay. This can be a very scary up and down process, but she makes it really easy to comprehend. and She gives us some very helpful, unique tools to navigate the uncertainties that is book marketing. So before we jump into the episode, let's learn a little bit about Stephanie. Stephanie is owner and chief strategist of the Empower PR group. She is passionate about empowering nonfiction writers, authors, and entrepreneurs with laser focused marketing strategies and tactics that help them write books that sell, promote their books to those who need and want them most, and build a meaningful business from a message that is empowering. As an author of four books herself, including her newly released book, Make Your Author Impact, and forthcoming book, Emergence Living Lessons from the Soil. Stephanie merges her love of writing books and her skill set in marketing them to help nonfiction authors make their author impact. She doesn't believe in movement without strategy and always keeps strategy front and center. She has also seen how empowered people empower people. In fact, her business is built around it. Learn more at www.empowerprgroup.com. Now that you know a little bit about Stephanie, let us jump right into the episode after this quick ad.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for
0: drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Stephanie, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm excited to be here as well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So listen to welcome folks to the podcast. I start with what I like to call a bookish question. And it's just something in regards to like books or creativity or something like that. And oh my goodness, I I didn't know if I should ask you like your favorite writing tool, which could, well, you know, I think I'll I'll do this one because you have a lot of interesting hobbies. So I'll do this. What is your favorite writing tool? And this does not just have to be like Scrivener or something like this. This could be like a cup of tea, uh, a candle, whatever this is, because you know, all that goes
1: into the creative process. So what is your favorite writing tool? Well, that is a really great question. And I'm glad that you um, put a caveat in there because I am what I call like an inspired writer. So when it's time to write, it just flows. And I also can't Um, speak my writing. I've tried this because I get very irritated when I'm driving down the road. That's time I could be using writing, right? Like I get pissed about it, (laughs) but I can't do like voice. It just doesn't, my writing comes through my fingers. Like it just flows. Mm. So of course my computer is my fave. Um, But I, you put some, you gave me some parameters. So there's two other things that are my favorite writing tools. One is chai tea lattes. Oh girl. Yes. (laughs) They're my fave. I gave, I gave up chai tea and coffee and caffeine for lunch. So I'm very excited about the coming days where I can have caffeine again, uh, especially my chai teas. But my second favorite is actually probably my first, and that is the mountains. So I live here in Kentucky, uh, and about two hours from us east is a the beginning of a mountain range. And um, last summer, about a year and a half ago, my husband and I uncovered this. Uh, beautiful thing nestled so close to us that everybody talked about what we just had never gone to. And I uh, I spent a weekend in the mountains where the internet was, was um, non-existent and I was able to crank out like Tens of thousands of words for a book that came out very quickly because of it. And I have found that the mountains and a cabin with no internet and stars in the sky that you can see, like all of that, that is actually where I can allow the creativity to flow when people can't find me and I can just sit with myself. <laughs> And oh, a chai tea latte. <laughs> right.
0: Because you need that caffeine to just power yes. through. Right. But yes. like, I think that's like really critical is like knowing what environment you thrive in, because yes. like so often, like we try and make something work and it's just like just sometimes just shifting up your environment, your yes. tools, whatever that
1: might be. And that could just be the little spark that you need. Yeah. And I tell people regularly, if you can't go to the mountains, although that is my absolute fave, or you can't go to the beach you're somewhere that's different. Once a quarter, once, since my business started, I've started taking myself on a CEO retreat. And my dad laughs at me because he's like, how's the, C- how's the C-suite today? And I'm like, well, the CFO needs a glass of wine. She's not very nice. You know, <laughs> all this stuff. And it's all just me, right? And so I go about 20 minutes from our home um, to a home-to-suites hotel for two nights. So I, you don't have to even go far, but I get outside of my environment. I sit with myself. I allow myself to veg out on popcorn until two in the morning. I, you know, go swimming if I want to or not, or work out if I want to or not, but I'm in a space where it is different.
0: And it's worth
1: the investment, you know, to me. And actually for um, listeners here, many local hotels really enjoy supporting writers. And I was able to, you know, I reach out to them and I'm like, hey, I'm local. Like, can you give me a deal? And they get you, they give you, they help you. They have, you know, like they help you. Not all of them, but hey, here in Kentucky, they do. (laughs) So this is why I'm talking to the marketing guru, Stephanie. (laughs) Yes. And you know, what's also cool is the people there recognize me. And so every time I come, they're like, Oh my gosh, hi, what are you working on today? I'll put you on the corner. Cause I know you do podcasts and stuff too. Yeah. So, you know, my dad taught me when I was a kid, like if it, uh, you, it, you know, you don't get what you don't ask for. And so right. I just reached out one day. I said, I'd like to schedule four of these a year. Like, is there a discount? Is there a rate? Whatever. And it's well worth my investment. Oh, that
0: is so lovely and so smart because it's guaranteed business for them. They know that you're going to talk about, you know, the the service and all of that. So it's like, you know, helping all the way around. So, so clever. Yeah, I love it. It's My favorite time of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. So Stephanie, um, we are already falling in love with you. But oh. tell us about your company and how that came to be. Oh,
1: well, you know, I tried to run from it. <laughs> until until i just um, rested in it so i have about you know prior to running my own business about 15 plus years of experience in the corporate space doing mm-hmm. pr marketing and communications i worked for agencies and nonprofits and um, spent the last part of my corporate career uh, working for a national nonprofit that was leading large fundraising initiatives and i was um, doing the marketing for them and it all sounded really great but behind the scenes something was stirring within me and I know everybody listening understands this. It's like the the book itch like you can't scratch it's like a thought on your back. You keep trying to scratch and you can't get it. And it I I kept so I was writing in silence and my writing had nothing to do with what I was going to school for or what I not what I went to school for and what I was working and doing in my career. And so Anyways, um, I'll spare you the really cool details, but one day I'll tell you if you want to know on how it all happened. But I ended up being impacted by a corporate layoff. And in the process of this corporate layoff, which by the way, was the biggest blessing of my life, I actually had Ooh. a book already written, but I had and I had a book coach and I had fundraised the money to fund the book process, and I was pumped and ready. And then I just stopped because I had three kids and my husband and I were trying to just navigate life and right. work was crazy. And so when I was impacted by the layoff, like I did a little Irish jig, I was like pumped. I'm like, it's time I'm bringing this book to life. So I go to publish my first book and my publisher and book coach, um, call me after we had to do a book launch, presentation to our little writing cohort and i figured i was in trouble I'm like this welcome to like how my brain works I'm like what did i mess up with i don't know <laughs> and both of them were like no 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 how do you know how to how to do that and i'm like what do you mean and they're like how do you know how to market a book and well I what they can. didn't know is i'd only spent 15 minutes preparing like I, that's quite embarrassing but i did not spend a lot of time preparing and it hit me and i realized what my book was about which is really about perspective and balance finding attempting to find balance in life and seeing the beauty in the mundane and trying to right. find a life of perspective had nothing to do with marketing so they didn't really know my background and i said oh well this is just, doesn't everybody know how to market a book like that's not a big deal and they were like nobody knows i'm like yes they do. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like no and so I said, okay. And I'll never forget when my publisher said like, this is like, there are people who need what you bring to the table. Mm. And I, I did not, I was not okay with it for a while. Like, and not in a bad way, but you know, I just left this corporate job doing marketing. I was kind of tired of it. And I thought I would be doing something different in alignment with these other books I was writing. And I can look back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, you know, in retrospect, you can see how things work. And it was all a part of this beautiful tapestry to help me uncover that authors have amazing messages and they haven't a clue how to reach the right people. And it was really, I needed to publish that book to be an author, to experience it firsthand, mm. to then be able to connect these, this passion that I have for the written word through message sharing, um, through Kind of escapism uh, and all of that, but in an education and merge mm-hmm. it with my love for marketing. And so, um, very begrudgingly, I started to take on clients. I didn't even have a business name. I had no website. I didn't even know nobody. Anybody knew about me before I knew it. I had too much work, and I thought <laughs> that's crazy. No. This is crazy. So, um, yes. So anyways, the empower PR group was born and the empower PR group is, has been the biggest blessing of my life outside of my kiddos. Um, but it has been so much fun because I get to help people who really care about what they are doing, make sure that the people who need what they're doing know about it. And so we are a boutique agent marketing group that, marketing solution for authors, specifically in the nonfiction space. Although a lot of fiction authors find a ton of value in listening to our podcast, getting our resources. And we've got like a free 15 minute chat that we do. And I always say, fiction authors, call me. Like I'm happy to give you all my ideas in 15 minutes. Um, But our solutions are really poised for the nonfiction space.
0: Lovely. Right. And so like, it sounds so fun and so like I know folks that are out here and they're they're authors and they're listening. They're like, "Oh my god, yes!" Because like you said, like it's just like now, what do I do now? Like, oh, I have to yeah. market. I have to tell people they're not
1: just going to find it. And so I don't. It's so sad. It's but Kate, hey, let me give you. Can I give you a tip? Something to think Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Here for okay. tips. Okay. What are okay. your okay? I love. I'm all about the tips. So when you think about well, two tips. Okay, I have to write this down so I don't forget. All right, mm-hmm. and then buckets. Okay, That's what happens, friend, when you have kids. You forget things. <laughs> like the more kids you have, the more people, more you forget. Um, okay, so the first thing, first tip is when. And I was just talking to an author about this yesterday. I'm a big believer that every book has two drafts, and really, there's more than two drafts, but the core drafts are different. Draft one is the book you write for yourself, and draft two mm-hmm. is the book that you publish for somebody else. And so, mm-hmm. knowing this and keeping this in your mind when you're when you are in the drafting process will help you with marketing later because book draft number two is the one we publish. Truly. If you publish draft number one, you will not, it will not sell because books really aren't about us. Even though it feels that way it's, we have used this medium, this um, beautiful way of sharing a message to, do, to help somebody else. And people will invest in something that helps them. You know, They don't buy problems. They buy solutions and books are right. solutions. Whether it's a fiction book that is allows you to enjoy an, a momentary escape from our crazy right. chaos of this world or a nonfiction book that's teaching you something. So right. be- before I get to the second point, I just wanted to clarify if you're like, well, I don't know who's going to buy it. That's important to know when you're writing the book because that helps you with draft too and make sure that what you're publishing is something people will invest in. Right. Tip number two, I learned when my husband and I got married and we had our first grocery shopping trip, it was quite embarrassing. And I'm surprised that we will be going on 14 years of marriage this year. Oh, <laughs> because you he should have, thank you. He should have goes, this lady's crazy. Um, but I had been living on my own for a couple years. I was on a really strict budget. My first job out of college was like poverty line income. Uh, and I had my budget. I mean, I had seventy bucks a month for food. That's it. Like mm-hmm. for me to be able to eat, I'm a vegetarian, so I was okay. Like you know, I did processed food. It's before organic and healthy stuff, right? Like so, you know. But but that was not a lot. So when we went to on our first grocery, Isn't, I'm just thinking about the price of eggs. Like that's your whole budget. Thank <laughs> heavens! I live in, on a farm now. We don't have chickens, but yet we've had them before. But we need to get some because yeah, no eggs. <laughs> is insane. And actually, you know, like eggs are the staple of all of our food. Like it really impacts everything. But anyways, neither here nor there. Yes. I can't believe I survived on that either, but we have our first grocery shopping trip and I had been ingrained that like we had $70. Now I I would have like doubled it. There's two people now, but, or, and he had a job and we had, you know, made some financial changes in our lives. And so, I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but we go down the grocery store and he threw a box of brownies in the shopping cart. And I looked at him, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, (laughs) it's a 99 cent box of brownies. And I'm like, Corey, do you need this or do you want this? (laughs) He goes, um, it doesn't matter. I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) We can't get everything we want. You know, what if we spend this money here on these brownies? It means we can't afford something else. And he's like, it's a dollar. And I said, (laughs) no, but I realized he hadn't been living on the way I had. Right. And that was a big deal. And that has become a cornerstone in that experience. We did buy the brownies, by the way. It was definitely- a- <laughs> <laughs> We have uncovered brownies, our needs, especially since he likes gooey middles and I like the corners. Um, but what I learned there is a really important marketing insight and something I think, I've you know, really think is important for authors to know. Inherently, without us knowing, we have like two buckets we carry, a bucket of wants and a bucket of needs. If we mm. can make sure that our books Im- hit our target audiences- bucket of needs, they're going to buy it no matter what. Cause they've already budgeted. Right? right. Like I don't like, I don't exercise like I should. So when they, when someone comes to me and says, you need a gym membership, I'm like, no, but I like to go on vacation. Like that's a non-negotiable. So if someone goes, Hey, do you want to go here? I'm like, yes. Like it's inherent, right? Wants and needs and they're unique for each person. If your book falls in somebody's wants, they're going to think about it. They're going to mm-hmm. go, mm, maybe when I go to the beach, well, they're, for- they're going to forget or, mm, you know, I don't know, whatever. No, we want books to fall in the bucket of needs because they've already budgeted it. And that $20 investment, give or take is something they see value in what they're going to get back at it. So anyways, two tips. That was my two tips.
0: <laughs> I, I love that because like making, you know, a connecting with the, that need, right? Yeah. So whether that is, belonging and empowerment, whatever that is, and honing in on that. Because you've already kind of like, in my mind, I see the book is kind of like your want, right? Like I wanted to do this, right? And then the need is I need you to buy it. Okay, why do I need you to buy it? What's the thing that you yes. connect to? So that's helpful. Because in all yes. times, it narrows it down because I think sometimes it's like, how do I find the thing that's trendy? Well, like, okay, like mm-hmm. don't put that pressure, just find okay. what what where's that need at.
1: Yeah. And listen, last time I checked, there were 7 billion people in the world. And Uh if 1% of 1% of the 7 billion people in the world bought your book, like Amazon would implode. Like you don't need that many people either. And so when we take Mm. a step back and go, like, really, what's book success look like to us? Mm. I think you should, I think Mm. everybody should start there. And if your book success is you want to be a millionaire with books, then. Um, then I'm gonna encourage you to find another career right because that's not usually the direction it goes. Um, there's anomalies here or there for sure but but I say you know understand what success looks like for you and then take a step back and realize that to to make a macro reach you can do it with a micro approach. It's not about mm-hmm. having to reach everybody it's reaching the right people and when you reach the right. right people, they love your book they love your message and they become a street army of people that tell other people about your book while you go and do other things and and that's what i find is really unique about book marketing there's not um it's not the same as normal marketing right it it needs to be value focused people are investing like 8 hours of their time And Mm -hmm. around 20 bucks of their finance, I mean, the time investment is bigger investment than the financial investment. And it's a very intimate experience for the reader. And so you want them to fall in love with it because they need it in their life and they can find value from it. And that's, I think if you lead with that in the writing process, then it will guide your, um, your publishing process selections and your marketing efforts. Absolutely. What are some of like the pitfalls that you see that authors make when marketing? Uh, Okay. First thing, first pitfall is when people call me and say, I'm going to start doing ads tomorrow. I'm like, don't stop. So you have to know my background is in communications and PR first. And so Mm -hmm. not that ads are bad. They're great for some people, but I hate seeing people spend money and investing in things that don't move the marble in the right way at the right time. Girl facts. I know, right? Like preach it, mic drop. Because at the end of the day, I hear people going, well, I spent all this money on keywords. And I'm like, well, what are you doing with this other stuff? And they're like, well, but the keywords, I said, no, 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 no. People are not going to find you on Amazon just by a keyword. I'm sorry. They're just, they're not, Mm -hmm. they're not. And so people, you know, I find that authors don't know what they need to know. And that hurts my heart. Because most people think about it this way. I always say, if you go to the grocery, most, I mean, I don't go grocery anymore because we get food shipped here. But back in the day when I went to the grocery, if I forgot how to go to the checkout line, that would be a problem because you go to the grocery regularly. But most people publish one book in their whole life. They don't know what they're doing. They have not navigated this journey before. So Mm -hmm. I say, find someone you trust who can help you in that process. Maybe it's someone you follow on social or a podcast or a mentor, previous author, what have you. Because before you know it, um, the book journey can be a financial abyss that you yeah. are investing and in, You're not seeing an ROI. So not mm-hmm. that ads are bad. I just don't ever start there. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. that to me is a, a, an, a later project. I like to, mm-hmm. I like authors to see kind of a, this approach, not a spike, boop, 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 like a heartbeat, right? Like I that's want to help Cause when you yeah, talk to a really lot hard. of folks, they focus on that spike and then it flatlines. It does. It does. So some of the biggest, a big piece of advice that somebody shared once with me is that they say never get out of launch mode. And I think that's really smart. Not that, I mean, launch mode is stressful. So I don't want the stress to come with it when you're thinking about um, your book process. But the mentality behind that is how can you not forget about your book? Your book will not sell if you are not selling it. It just right. won't. And so you have to be talking about it. You have to see it as a solution to someone's problem. And I think the another pitfall is authors get really uncomfortable um, ensuring that the people who are connected to them know about their message. It is uncomfortable. And I say it's because these are people who remember you in diapers as a, and as a bratty teenager, right? Like, you know, think about it. Like the people that are part of your social connections, you know, some of them are people you went to high school with or you know, and I was a different person in high school than I am now. So we right. are uncomfortable telling people what we just did. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. this is a very common thing in the author space. And it's a big pitfall because I share, uh, because yeah. I, and I believe many things. One, I think we are only one or two degrees away from people who really need our message. And mm. many times what, if we were to hop to those people, that would be a cold lead to us. But if our connections, spoke to their connections, that's a warm lead. Like, like you and I yeah. are now friends. So if you go, oh, I really like Stephanie. She's got a cool book. When you talk to somebody about the book, they're gonna probably buy it because they like you and they trust Correct. you. Right. Yeah. But if I went to them, they'd be like, who's this Stephanie girl? So if we don't talk about our books, first of all, I say that's selfish because you wrote a book for a reason. So if you don't right. tell people about it, we're holding other people back who could benefit. But mm. then you also never know when people hit a crossroads in their life. Right. Like Maybe you wrote a book on uh, like my newest book is around um, personal growth. Okay. So maybe somebody isn't interested in that today, but what if something happens to them tomorrow and they need something like that to pull them up out of the gutter? Well, Mm -hmm. if I stopped talking about it, my connection, or never talked about it, my connection wouldn't know it's there. And that again is something that is a missed thing. So many authors get uncomfortable. They like, they create Facebook pages that are just for the authors and they don't want to mix personal and professional or whatever. And I'm like, you are your book. So stop, like don't overcomplicate it. Let the people right. that know you support you. Hmm. I love that. So it's like,
0: don't hide your book. No, but also don't just like put all this in like, okay, I launched it. It's there. I'm going to hide now. Like yeah. always kind of like, and like, again, like you talked about, sometimes it's not sustainable to do that a long time, but right. like, having those moments, right? Those moments throughout the year where you're going to dump into that. And so being really
1: strategic, I I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and lead with, don't ever lead with, go buy my book. Have you bought my book? Please go buy my book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody will buy books for that way. I always say, don't give in, don't give up, don't give way, give value always. Mm. So when you think about your why behind why you wrote the book and what you know can happen and make a difference in the lives of other people, your, anytime you're talking about your book, it should be through that lens. It should right. be what value are you giving? Don't hold back either. Don't feel like, well, I'm going to save it because then they'll buy. They won't buy the book if they give it people will invest in people that they trust, that they see as valuable, that Mm -hmm. value them and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So don't overthink it, but focus on the value. And if you ever, I mean, I'm not trying to get social follows out of this, but Hey, if you're ever looking for like observing, how do you give value by sharing stuff? You know, follow me on, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, something like that in the empower PR group, or even me personally, uh, Stephanie Fager, you'll see, how I approach it. And that might give you some ideas because it's never go buy my book. It's always focused on how can I serve? I love that. And
0: speaking of your socials, please tell folks, how can they connect with you? How can they find you?
1: Well, I really love LinkedIn. In fact, there's two non-negotiables I tell every author. It's the only non-negotiables in the world of marketing in my book is I want you on LinkedIn. Even if you only yes because people go to LinkedIn for conversions, not rabbit holes. They go to make purchasing decisions. They go to validate credibility and authenticity. They look for thought leaders. They go for that. They don't go because they want to watch some reel and two hours later, go down Uh the path of cats, which is what I do on the mornings. Um, So if you have a really beautiful LinkedIn profile, it will do a lot of work for you and it's um, searchable as well. So I say Find me on LinkedIn. I, you know, really show up there. We do, I do LinkedIn lives once a week there for authors specifically um, and share a lot of content there. So find me personally, although my business has a page, Empower PR Group, find me, Stephanie Feger there. Um, We also show up on Instagram uh, under Empower PR Group and Facebook Empower PR Group as well. Um, the other non-negotiable, and this is the only second one for authors is website. I do think every author needs, even if it's a single page website, don't expect a Facebook page, uh, to work for Mm -hmm. you because, uh, they changed it. And I mean, people barely, anybody finds Facebook pages anymore. Thanks to the algorithms, but, uh, you're not owning that. And so when Facebook and Instagram, like a couple years ago had this big outage, it was a, it was a jolt to me as a reminder, Hey, yeah. Like you can be there, but look at social as engaging, not as the the only place. So empowerprgroup.com is another place you can find me. Uh, and we do have... free 15 minute chit chats. I love authors. I love people and I love um, pouring into both. And so with no strings attached, if you've got book marketing questions, go to our uh, website, empowerprgroup.com slash connect. And if you fill out what I call our help me help you form, (laughs) I'll learn a little bit about you and we can hop on a call uh, at your convenience and chat about your book marketing hurdles. Lovely. And what if they wanted to work with you? What does that progress uh, process look like? Yep, so I and I didn't mention the podcast, I'll do that too in a minute. But um I yeah, fill out the help me help you form. It allows us the chance to talk. When we chat, then I'm happy to explore and share more about what our offers offerings and our services look like, but at a high level, let me share with you now. We've got kind of core offerings where we do um, marketing plans, VIP days, intensives, Etc., to really help authors in both the strategy and execution. So, I have authors mm-hmm. tell me, I want done with you, done for you, DIY. So, we try to, uh, we built our business around empowerment. And so, mm-hmm. I don't want any author out there to not feel like they can't meet meet and reach the people and the goals that they want. And so depending upon what those are, we have solutions for it. Um, I'm also a collector of really kick butt people. And so we have um, collaborators that we bring in on industry specific projects. So we help authors with websites and podcast hostings and media and graphic designs and book covers. And we do have a supported self-publishing solution and a videos and photography. I'm going down my little laundry list in my head. Girl, you got everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like what we really want to be a solution and not for any other reason, except over the years, I used to recommend authors, try this, go here. And then they would do it. And the people that they would uh, work with didn't understand the nuances of authorship and books. So instead I said, all right, you can go do that. I'm happy to like direct and guide, but Um, but we've got some kick butt people and you should come and, you know, what have you, we can kind of help out. Um, we do a couple of in-person events, immersive events are called our author impact events. We've got a, we have two that we do a year. One is on author, authorpreneurship. So helping authors understand the business side of, of the book, the book business. And then the other is for authors who are speakers and they need sizzle reels and speaking tools and blah, 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 blah. So in-person we create those together and we really, um, you know, set that apart. Uh, and we have some virtual events too. Like just last month, we did a LinkedIn for authors. So if you want to get on our email list, that's where you learn about those. Um, and, I'm, Oh, and then I was going to make the comment about our podcast. So the empowered author podcast is a podcast we host it. It drips on Tuesdays and it's seasonal. And so focuses really on a core topic and goes really deep. So we just finished one on, um, on inbound marketing. And we're about to kick off one on audiobooks. I haven't told anybody yet, but it'll be great. Yes. On audiobooks and audiobook marketing.
0: Lovely. Oh my <laughs> goodness. All right. So listen, um, I'm sold. I want to know more. So I'm going to definitely follow on LinkedIn and everywhere else. Yay. But we didn't get to, you have books
1: as well. I so books. tell us about books. Thanks for the reminder. Yes. Okay. My fourth book is actually coming out, um, this month in April and so I'm excited. So my first two books, Color Today Pretty and Color Today Pretty Guided Journals, um, both of them were books, um, 35 chapter vignettes on how to redefine, um, success and find perspective, see the beauty in the mundane and control the only thing that you can control, which is you uh, and so color today pretty is um, has been at the heart and soul of what I do. But last year I released my first business book. It's called Make Your Author Impact: Sell More Books, Increase Your Reach, and Achieve Your Why. And it is really, really written for authors, nonfiction and fiction who are looking to you know make a splash and make an impact. If you go looking for it on Amazon or on our website, we spell impact funny with a E M because it's uh, an ode to empowered impact, like the kind that. Does ripples that don't stop, not the impact of a car wreck. So we love oh. impact, yes. <laughs> and then my newest book is called Emergence: Living Lessons from the Soil, and it is a um, really a beautiful testament to all that I've learned as a gardener, a vegetable gardener, a houseplant lover, and everything in between. And so I'm really excited about sharing little bits of wisdom through that book as well. So, and I have a thousand others in my head. So as I told you earlier, it's an addiction, but a good addiction.
0: Lovely, lovely, lovely. You know, Stephanie, thank you so much for making marketing seem fun. I know a lot of folks, <laughs> they get to that and they're just like, oh my God, how do I do this? But like, you know, you have this approach to it where it's like, you're having a good time. So it's like, yeah, we we can have a good time doing this. So, so yes. thank you for that. And you're welcome. um, any last words in regards to like folks that are just like, yeah, I have no idea where to
1: start on marketing. Like any, any words for them? I absolutely do. So. Uh, right before my book launched, I had like a breakdown, a very emotional breakdown, my first book. So I get authors because I am an author. Like I know that those feelings, and even though I know marketing, it's sometimes a, a crux too, because I know too much. Sometimes it's nice to be naive. Uh, but I ha- got a piece of advice from my book coach and she said, a book is not a banana. And I'm like, well, duh, it's not a banana. And then she continued and said, it's not going to um, ripen in three days, draw mats, and have to be thrown away. And it has become a, uh, a reminder to me and to anybody that I have the chance to tell that writes books, that your book is not going to go bad. I don't care how long it's been out. I don't care um, if it's if it's a fresh bunch of bananas or if it's qu- it feels quite rotten. I say instead, your book's kind of like those um, like canned peas that have too many too much sodium in your in your pantry, right? Like it ha- it doesn't have a shelf life. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you're ready to pour into it, it's ready for you. Don't ever feel like you didn't do enough. You can always pick it back up. If life gets crazy, that's okay. Um, you can touch it again when you get to the other side of it. And so what I have found is the most, the most, um, successful book marketing efforts are the consistent ones. So don't feel like you have to do all the things, just focus on being consistent and showing up and doing it over time. This is none of this is a long ter- or a short term journey. It's a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so don't give up. If you do, you may have just hiked to the top of the mountain and you didn't know it was the mountaintop until you took one more step. So just yeah. Uh, believe in what you're doing. Um, focus on surrounding yourself by people who believe in you. And uh, there's many naysayers to which I say, I didn't see you write a book, friend. And so you just move on from those Come naysayers, <laughs> right? And you surround yourself by the people who are going to propel you forward. Don't give up. Focus on you know that movement and realize there are no gnats coming to your book party. Uh, your book is is very valuable, as are you. And um, And I believe in you. Lovely, lovely, lovely words to end on. Again, thank you so much for the
0: words of encouragement and taking the series out of marketing. Um, Stephanie, I got one last question for you. You ready? Bring it, girl. Yes. All right. So listen, I like to end with inspiration, right? So something that we can use in a writing prompt or however we express creativity, whether that stands, whatever. And so if you had to leave us with a word or phrase that we
1: can use in a prompt, what would you leave us with? Hmm, That's a great question. Like it can be a little inspirational liner, one liner, right? Yeah, or a word, okay. whatever.
0: Could be an okay. animal, could oh, be whatever.
1: whatever. I was gonna say. Um, so my newest book is around the trajectory of plants. So I've done a lot of deep dive research on like the of evolution of a seed over to the plant and the pollination process and everything in between. But I was doing some research the other night and I saw a little phrase and it and it really hit me. Uh, But it's something many of us say, but it's not something that many of us reflect on. And it's, I'm rooting for you. And I thought that could be a really good thing to chew on because A, sometimes we need to root for ourselves, but also I'm rooting for you. There is something really beautiful about the roots of who we are and where we came from that give us stability and how that helps us in our writing journey, what we lean back on and what is to come. I love that. And I'm going to have
0: fun with that one. So y'all I can't wait to hear <laughs> to of this episode to see what I do with the prompt. I'm rooting for you, right? There's so many different ways that you can go with that. So that is such a great one. Awesome. Stephanie, thank you so much. Um, please do not be a stranger to the podcast. Come back anytime. It was absolutely lovely. I would love that. I'm rooting for you, Little Sprout. Coraline says as she tilts her tiny yellow watering can over the sproutling. She gently places her lips atop the baby sprout and kisses it, just like her papa does before sending her off to school. Coraline, what are you doing? Her papa calls from the other side of the garden. Removing a tattered cloth from his back pocket, he swipes the perspiration from his forehead and the dirt from his fingertips. Coraline joyfully sprints to her father. I was talking to my little sprout. My book says talking helps them grow big and strong. Her father glances at the sproutling, struggling to thrive while the other plants tower and bring forth fruit. He looks into Coraline's bright eyes and tries to soften his frown. I don't know baby girl, sometimes things aren't successful even when we try. Unfazed by her father's concern, Coraline returns to her little sprout and removes some weeds from its path. Don't worry, Papa, it will grow, you'll see. Her father doesn't argue. He simply nods and returns to pruning a patch of tomatoes. The next day and the day after, Coraline repeats the process, watering, talking, and weeding her beloved little sprout. As the season progresses, her father's doubt grows. But Coraline remains steadfast in her routine. The sproutling grows a little taller and Coraline gives it praise. It weathers a mighty windstorm while the taller stalks fall over. Time passes until one day a tiny flower blooms from its stem. Running to her sprout, Coraline cheers and gives it praise. Well, well, little Coraline, looks like you were right. It did grow, her father says, taking her hand in his. Coraline's smile beams up at her father as she rocks with excitement. See, Papa, while the other plants grew quickly, this one took its time. We will have fruit from it long after the other ones wither and die for the season. Her father squeezes her hand lovingly as they both cheer and encourage the little sprout to grow.